introducing Robin's podcast with your host, Charlie. Ben. And Dan. On today's episode, we have a very special guest with us here to talk about his career in the media industry. We have with us today, Downsley. So, I guess we just go straight into it. Um, like, wh- Firstly, like, what have you like been up to recently? Um, so in terms of work or like social? Um, uh, just, just like in general, like, have you had any like big or just anything mm-hmm. like happening? Lots of work. Um, so I do uh, a, a day shift at um, Sam FM, which is a radio station for Bristol. Uh, so I'm in there Monday to Friday and uh, it's not a particularly taxing job. It's four hours <laughs> a day. Um, uh, we do a little bit of preparation work in, in terms of, I probably, you know, so it starts at three, I probably go in about two-ish. Um, so I have the mornings free to do things like this. Um, and all my other Bristol sport work, so I obviously work for uh, City, but I work for uh, Bristol Bears as well, do bits of flyers, and, um, and work with you guys. We do a bit of work with the Rugby Community Foundation, and, uh, yeah. and obviously done bits with the, the, the Robbins Foundation before. I think the... Uh, obviously, COVID has kind of put paid to <laughs> yeah, huge yeah. amounts of wonderful things to be able to do. Uh, it makes you sort of work a bit cleverer. So lots of the stuff that I do for bears, for example, uh, we're having to do from home at the moment. So uh, I've got a green screen set up in my front bedroom. Um, <laughs> and uh, it makes it look like I'm at the, the bears training ground for away games because obviously I can't travel with the team at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then for City, obviously going from announcing in the bowl in front of 20 however many thousand people <laughs> just satting, sitting in the balcony on my own staring into a TV camera. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty weird few months. Yeah. Um, during uh, lockdown, did you find anything, like pick up any new like skills or habits to like keep yourself occupied or is it just, just chilling out or working? Yeah, working a lot. So my, my life didn't really change that much compared to, to lots of people. Um, so I, because broadcasters are considered key workers, <laughs> which always makes me laugh, con- compared to NHS staff and so on and so forth. Um, so I carried on going to work. Yeah. Um, and so my, my routine didn't really change. My other half carried on as well. Um, so our, our like home life didn't really change that much. There was no sort of like huge amounts of chilling out in the back garden, you know, <laughs> catching rays, yeah. as a lot of people did on furlough or in lockdown. Um, there was a bit of working from home. At one point, they did send us home. So um, I guess the broadcasting from home thing was quite fun to start with because you get, oh, this is unique. Here I am sat, yeah. in, my, sat in my dining room uh, being on the radio. Um, that then the dogs would bark in the background. Oh, oh, there's my dogs. Hi. Um, but after a while, it sort of just becomes a bit samey, and you're like, oh god, this again. Like you know, and you miss seeing people. Yeah. Um, I'm a quite a people person, and and I think that uh, it's that sort of interaction with people and the and you know a bit of bit of top bants and that <laughs> yeah. thing. So yeah, it's 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 been a bit weird in terms of skill. Like one of my mates wrote a book. And I'm like, wow, one of my mates learned to play a guitar. <laughs> I, I really sort of wasted my lockdown because I didn't learn to do anything new. Um, as I say, life just sort of you know, carried on really to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what, um, so how did you like, get involved with like, City and um, the Flyers and the Bears like, originally? Completely by accident. <laughs> It really was. So 
I was, uh, I've always been a radio presenter um, and have been in Bristol since 2008. And um, one day the boss of the radio station came and said, oh, the guy that presents the sports shows going on holiday, do you want to cover his shift? And I was uh, saving for a mortgage at the time. So I was like, yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, bit of extra cash. Uh, now, I'd ne- my life had sort of touched sport. Originally, I was going to be a PE teacher. Um, all the way through school, I'd kind of given up any dreams. Like when I was five, I wanted to be a TV presenter um, and, you know, sort of practiced and had my own camera. And uh, My camera, by the way, was a toilet roll and a Ferrero Rocher box. <laughs> that was my camera. Um, and so, yeah, I'd had dreams of being a TV presenter. But my dad, who was like a gruff northerner, like, you'll never make any money doing that, son. Go on, go and get a proper job. So I had to, uh, so I say had to, I chose to go to university to train to be a teacher. And I spent a year at uni training to be a teacher. And uh, at the same time, they had started a student radio station. And so I spent more and more time like doing the student radio station than I did doing my course. And my tutor in the end just sort of said to me, do you really think you want to be a teacher? And I was like, no, probably not. Uh, so yeah, followed this mad sort of media dream and 25 years later, it's still going on. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, um, that said though, I don't have anything to fall back on. So I didn't, you know, I didn't sort of ever qualify anything. I didn't get a degree or anything like that. I went straight into it. Yeah. Um, but ended up covering this sports show and that meant I was coming to games and I was going to press conferences and I was in front of the, the, the media teams for, for City and Bears and you slowly get to know these people and they say, hey, why don't we, yeah, hey, you could host one of our videos or so on and so forth. And one thing leads to another. And uh, the first thing I ever did was cover the match day announcer at Bears. Uh, he was away one Christmas, so I went and stepped in for him. I said Gavin Henson, I know, I said Gavin Hastings instead of Gavin Henson, <laughs> which the Bears fans will never get <laughs> down. Whoops. Um, uh, show my age there. But uh, that sort of led on to, oh, well, okay. Um, so the guy, David Lloyd, who used to be the announcer for City, was retiring. Um, and they said, hey, there's this guy that's been doing stuff for the Bears, and he works for a radio station, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that was it. One thing led yeah. to another. And, um, you know, I, I don't like saying I'm lucky because I truly believe that the harder you work, the luckier you become. And I, you know, work very hard to, to get to where I've yeah. got to. But a little bit of luck helps, you know. Yeah, um, have you got any like advice for people that like try to get in like the same position as you? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't put me out of a job. Honestly, it's so competitive. Like sports media, so many people want to do it. Yeah. So many people want to do it. Like the amount of emails that I'll get from people going, oh, you know, how do I get into doing what you do? And, um, you know, I just ignore them. I just go, no, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really. Um, the thing is practice. So if you want to be a commentator, for example, then yeah. turn the sound down on the telly and do your own commentary for, for as many games as you can. Um, if you want to be a presenter, sit like I did, stare into a bog roll on a Ferrero Rocher box and just pretend to present. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the best things to do, get, get, um, I don't know, get a news page up on the internet, put your webcam on and just read the news off the web page into the camera. Get used to doing that. Like as a TV presenter, I have to read autocue all the time. So... Um, you're reading the autocue off the screen, but there's also someone talking in your ear. So one of the other things I did is I recorded 
on my phone someone talking like look at camera one look at camera two you know and then counting you down into a junction yeah and I just listened to that and did what I was told and read at the same time and you know you slowly get used to because it's cut it's quite weird someone talking yeah. to you whilst you're trying to talk and what happens sometimes is you'll be talking and then they'll say cut to camera two and you'll say and still to come cut to camera two. Oh, and you've just repeated <laughs> yeah. what they've said in your ear because your brain can't work that quick so um, anything you can do to sort of improve and hone your skills um, so you can sort of be a, a bit more of a polished product before you send out any demos but then just be annoying you know hammer the media teams at wherever you want to apply to and say look I've done this I've done this I've done this that's what I, that's how I got into radio uh, the boss of the radio station um, used to come into a restaurant I worked in and I just used to go and sit at his table and said, give me a job. And he went, if I give you a job, will you go away and stop bothering me? I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, did you have um, interest in both football and rugby before you come to Ashton Gate? Or was it ju like just football, just rugby? Or Yeah, good question. Um, so I'd always played rugby. You can see by looking at me that I was probably built for rugby rather than I was built for football. Yeah. Um, I did play uh, football as a kid and I remember man-marking, there was a chap called Ian Baker. He played for Carterton Town. I played for Tower Hill Boy under 15s and I was man-to-man marking. He scored nine goals that day. That day. So I, I wasn't a particularly good footballer. Um, but uh, So I'd always played rugby as a kid. However, my dad was a massive Man United fan. Um, so he was from Manchester, which gives me a right to be a Man United supporter before anybody kicks off. <laughs> um, and uh, so he used to take me to Old Trafford every other week. So football was something I had watched and uh, been part of and loved the atmosphere, like the live environment, like that. There's nothing quite like, uh, there, was a, there was a meme about it on Lads Bible not so long ago, but, you know, walking out into the stadium, walking up the stairs and getting that atmosphere yeah. and just going, oh my God. Um, so I'd always loved that. But... Then my career had sort of taken me into radio and it was away from sport and it wasn't until, you know, they asked me to cover the sports show that yeah. my life sort of turned back to sport. So um, whilst I'd played much more rugby than I had football, actually, you know, both rugby and football were in my life, I hadn't at that point really experienced the championship. So didn't know who the, you know, the, the runners and riders were, who the top teams were. So I had to learn the championship because I'd always just, you know, looked at the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and that took a bit of time and learning all the players' names, for <laughs> yeah. example, because uh, lots of lots of foreign players in the league now. Um, and you know, there was one game that I remember doing where one one player's surname was just like G H T W Z C Y, and I'm like, what is <laughs> yeah. that? How do you even say that? Um, so yeah, I think whilst I'd um, you know, and I get a bit of I get a bit of bants from this from the forums and stuff. Like, oh, he's a rugby fan. Look at him. Yeah, I, I definitely played more rugby than I did than I did football, but only because I was rubbish at football. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there was something you could change about your job, what would it be? Uh, the salary. It would be much more. No, I'm joking. Um, hey, listen, I'm I'm in one of those. Again, I'm using that word luck, um, but I love my job. And I think if you love your job, it's not like working. Mm. Like, you know, there's an old saying that if you, if, you, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's kind of how it's been for me. I don't feel like I've sort of, you know, ha had a job as such. I've just done a lot of messing around, <laughs> like, you know, on the radio with my mates and messing around there and then coming and, you know, actually being able to be paid for getting that feeling, like I said to you, about walking out into the stadium. 
And that's the feeling I get, you know, well, did get um, at Ashton Gate before COVID because you walk out into a, a packed stadium full of people and, you know, you get that and you go, I'm, I'm being paid for this. This is mad. What's going on here? I get to watch the football for free. I don't get a seat, by the way. So I have to stand. <laughs> like, they don't let me sit on the bench. I'm like, come on, Dino, shift over, mate. There's definitely a free seat there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just, just amazing. Um, if, I had to ch- if I had to change anything... Um, at the moment, I would just have the fans back in because, you know, doing being a stadium announcer with no fans is, you know, it's just awful. And uh, whilst, you know, I love doing the Robins TV stuff, which is kind of what we've gone to with no fans here. And again, ticking that box, you know, instead of a Ferrero Rocher box, now I've got a real camera that I stare into, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, I'd much rather have the fans here for sure. Um, what's the most enjoyable match you've worked at rugby and football? Um, well, rugby, we had a fairly recent one, so the uh, the Challenge Cup final, uh, which I worked in the sports bar here, because obviously we couldn't travel to France because of COVID, um, and uh, being in the sports bar, socially distanced, with, I think there were about two, 300 Bears fans in there on the big screen, that's pretty mental. Yeah. Um, first time in, you know, enormous amount of years that Bears have kind of done anything decent in Europe uh, and won some silverware, so that, that was an amazing moment. Um, you know, rugby, we travelled all over. Like, I remember going to Rotherham on a Sunday and just going, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and uh, there's some, some horrendous memories. Like the first time we were promoted, you know, that, that was kind of cool. Um, but football-wise, you know, I don't think it gets better than the Man United game. I, you know, as, as I've alluded to, I was a Man United fan when I was a kid. Uh, you kind of have that moment where you're like, oh my God, Man United are coming to Ashley Gate. Who am I going to support? Like, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa. Uh, obviously, I supported City, um, but it was really nice to be able to, you know, as the announcer, to be able to say those names and to go, oh my God, this is again, I'm, these are people that I've, you know, worshipped and looked <laughs> at, and, and uh, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty amazing night, and uh, yeah, the words Ed Smith will probably live with me for a long time. <laughs> What's your day to day like on a match day, like? before COVID and after COVID? Have they changed much? Yeah, so before COVID, um, I'd concentrate solely on the bowl um, and everything going on. So we have a, what they call an RF camera, uh, which is a wireless camera, and it follows me around wherever I go. And we do links to the big screens. And uh, that might be announcing the teams. It might be uh, a, a game we call, uh, a game we play called Higher or Lower, which no one's ever lost, by the way. That's uh, an amazing feat. Well done, everyone. <laughs> Uh, or whether it's interviews, that kind of stuff. And uh, the day starts about, if it's three o'clock kickoff, I'll be here about midday, do a little bit of prep. Um, I don't write huge amounts of scripts. I prefer to work off the top of my head. I, I feel that when I write things down and try and read them, it sounds like you're reading a script. Whereas if I don't, it's a bit more alive. Um, and then in the days pre-COVID, you know, you get to hang out of the lads a little bit in the tunnel and go and have a cup of iron brew with Scotty and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I really, that's the bit that I miss now because I'm, I don't have red zone access because I'm not in the testing group. So I only have amber zone access. Let me tell you, that is a, that hurts me. That hurts me. <laughs> having gone from having a green access all areas pass and I could wander wherever I wanted, wander into the dressing room, wander into Scotty's room, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, being sh- being shunned and not allowed in is horrid. I go, oh, this is what normal people have to do. <laughs> um, uh, so that you know that preparation time, and then obviously being pitch side during the game. Post COVID, 
Um, there's still a little bit of announcing. Uh, the lads like the, to be announced onto the pitch, so we do the the please welcome to Ashton Gate bit. Um, we do a team run through of the starting eleven, but then that's pretty much it. So in terms of bowl announcing, uh, we'll do the goals. Um, the, the lads like hearing, you know, go and it creates that bit of atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, we do the subs as well, uh, mainly because of uh, the the press. So the press is still in the press gantry uh, up on the fourth floor. So me announcing the subs, kind of, if they've not spotted it, then you know that helps them a little bit. Uh, but the rest is then is then the TV stuff, which of course is you know what I always wanted to be when I was a kid, and all of a sudden I'm sat in front of a camera presenting TV shows for Robin's TV. So um, yeah, slightly different, talking slightly quieter. <laughs> you don't have to shout so much when you tell it. How much does um, your match day differ between football and rugby? There's do they have similarities and differences? Is there a lot between the two? Um, not not hugely. So we try to sort of um, make match days uh, sort of match up a bit more uniform. Um, so rugby again, the uh, the pre-game is running around with an RF cam. We actually go, we do a bit more on, on rugby days. So for football, we generally stay in the bowl. Um, for rugby, we'll go out into we go into the club shop, we go to the the south stand and interview some fans. So we get we're a bit more adventurous. Um, mainly probably because there's less people like trying to get through the south stand when it's when it's full is really busy mm. um, uh, the big difference on a match day for rugby is I don't do any of the in-game announcements so uh, rugby have their own announcer so my my title is match day presenter um, so I present the the I guess the, the entertaining stuff, the fun stuff, and then they have an actual announcer that does the team lineups. They do the tries, the try scorers, uh, anything sort of official. <laughs> that may or may not be because I got Gavin Henson's name on once. <laughs> I don't know, um, but he does all the in-game stuff, and then I do the entertainment. So for rugby, for example, if there's a stoppage in play, then we do things like dance cam, and uh, we do a thing called Simba cam, where parents hold their babies up um, <laughs> because the stoppages are a bit longer in rugby. Yeah. Yeah. So we try and keep the crowd entertained. The old school rugby fans hate it. They think, oh, it's all American. Get rid of it. It's all rubbish. But you know, the family audience, which is essentially what we're going for, the young fans of the future, to keep them entertained during the game is great. So yeah, I do the I do the fun stuff, and we let Slick, who's the announcer, do all the official stuff. Um, the Bears recently lifted the Challenge Cup. What do you make of their rise in recent years? Oh, God. Well, like I was saying to you, uh, it wasn't more than two, three years ago. You know, we, we, we were going to Rotherham on a Sunday or, you know, travelling to these horrible grounds like Cornish. Not, not, I say Cornish Pirates, a horrible ground. It isn't a horrible ground. It's a very unique character-filled ground. <laughs> but it's a field with a, you know, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's just a field. And, uh, you know, obviously in any sport you want to be performing at the top level. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the meteoric rise of the Bears, and it has to be put down to the community and to the environment that the boys are in. Uh, you know, Pat will always play down his, his influence and his role. But, you know, 100% Pat Lambs uh, changed, that, changed that team beyond recognition. And I used to sort of, I didn't really enjoy going into the clubhouse when I first started doing stuff for Bears because it was quite clicky. You know, when you walk in somewhere and nobody really talks to each other and, you know, it's like, who, who's he? What does he want? Um, whereas now, you know, I sort of wander in and get bundled, essentially. Which is a good one. Um, finally, what are your thoughts on Bristol City at the moment? Do you think they can be inspired by the Bears, sort of make their way up? 
I always believe that you have to concentrate on your own game. So it doesn't really matter what Bears are doing. Um, it, hey, you know, gr- great side, great team, great environment, but Bristol City have to be Bristol City. Yeah. And there have to, has to be that consistency. So Dino this week was talking about um, the difficulties of being consistent at the moment because of COVID. Um, like, you know, we've experienced that today. Your teammate is unfortunately not with us today. Um, and that's been, this, you know, the same for the team. So and the COVID outbreak and how you deal with that, then all the injuries, how can you be consistent there too? Yeah. Um, so I absolutely believe that Bristol City are on the trajectory that they, that they need to be to achieve what they want to do, which is promotion to the Premier League. Um, you know, we've nearly made it a couple of times now and you just go, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think everything's in place. We have a cracking stadium. You know, Dino is a fantastic young manager. Um, the players, you know, and I'm lucky enough to be friends with most of the players, they love being here. They love this football club. And, you know, what happens is you get all the cogs in the right place and all of a sudden, click, it happens. And I have yeah. every belief that that's going to be the case. Um, so we've just got some more, like, general questions. Um, so, like, have you got anything, like, on... Have you got, like, a bucket list of, like, anything you want to do? <laughs> I've, always wanted to do I've always wanted to do a, um, a uh, uh, jumping out of a plane thing. What do they call those? Parachute jumps. Um... I've always been prevented from doing parachute jumps because I'm too heavy. So you have to be, I think it's under 100 kilos to, to jump out of this plane. My mate is a skydiver um, oh, yeah. and he runs a skydiving school and he says he'll take me up. And I kind of go, I'd like to do that because it's my mate and I feel safe. But his insurance only insures him up to carrying people to 100 kilos. Yeah. So at the moment I'm 104 kilos. So I need to get rid of four bags of sugar and then I can go. <laughs> I've done a few bungee jumps, which, which are... I just, I don't know, I like the adrenaline. I like the stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, you know, I like going to Alton Towers and going on the rides and that sort of part. Yeah. You know, it's a bit, bit like walking out Ashton Gate in front of, you know, 27,000 people. You get that rush of, oh God, here we go. Yeah. So, so yeah, a few bits of that. Um, and then ultimately, I would love to be on FIFA as Bristol City's stadium announcer in the Premier League. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if, you could move anywhere in the world um, where would you move to how bizarre that you should ask that question we were having this conversation at home last night and the, the, after a lot of deliberation um, I ended up with if I had to move somewhere like I would stay in Bristol stat because it's such a lovely city um, the, the harbour I love the vibe I love the scenes I'm not much of a go out anymore you know those days are gone yeah. now um, but it's such a lovely city but if I had to move somewhere um, I'd move to New York and uh, su- such a different vibe there, such an incredible city. Yeah. Um, it's where I proposed. So we have a lot of fond memories in New York and I think it's just mad. You, know, you can get on the subway in New York and there's a three-piece skiffle band playing at the back. <laughs> you know, there's a lady in, in massive sunglasses who used to be on some sort of soap opera, you know, signing autographs. You go, this place is just amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, New York it would be. Um, uh, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> Depends if you're my diabetes doctor, because he <laughs> says I'm not allowed to have pizza every day of my life. Um, but yeah, pretty keen. We're pretty big pizza fans in our house. Um, although, if I could only eat one meal for the rest of my life, I think it would probably be lamb roast dinner. So big, big roast dinner fan. Yeah. Lamb's, lamb's where it's at. Mint sauce. Lots of gravy, 
Um, and would one thing I like to do with roast dinner after is like there's the gravy mix and there's a bit of mint sauce, and I just get some bread and just mop that stuff <laughs> right up. Get that in. Um, do you have a favorite animal? <laughs> My favorite animal, Taylor Moore. <laughs> no, <laughs> the um, so I have two dogs. I've had dogs all my life. We've had, um, we always rescue our dogs uh, because I'm just, I just feel sorry for them. You just go to yeah. these sort of like dog pounds and you go, oh God. So yeah, so at the moment we have a, uh, a two-year-old, she's a collie cross, so we don't know what she's crossed with, but she looks a bit like a collie. And then we have a one-year-old Labrador cross. Again, he's not big enough to be a Labrador, but he, he's got a bit of a Labrador face. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, pretty, pretty much anything fluffy. <laughs> uh, like I don't I, I would quite like a pet fox if I could have like you know because they there are some that will be domesticated like for example if they can't live in the wild if yeah. they've been injured or you know whatever and there are some people that have domesticated foxes um, not keen on any of the sort of the ones with scales or a lot of legs <laughs> yeah uh, me neither we'd probably, yeah we'll probably leave those alone but um, yeah if, if it was going to be an unusual one I'd quite like a koala because they just seem they seem quite cuddly yeah I'd definitely so we just cut it up with something. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, if you could describe yourself with one word, what would it be? <laughs> one word. Gosh. Uh, one word. Is show off one word? Don't know whether that's one word or two. Yeah. If we could hyphenate it, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I count. Yeah. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's who I've always been. I've always been the kid that would put his hand straight up. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, whether it was standing at the front of the class or being a volunteer or, you know, doing whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, I like being the centre of attention, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's what I, essentially what I've made a career out of. So, yeah. yeah. Although, bizarrely, actually, you know, away from a microphone and away from a TV camera and, you know, when I'm just sort of like in said, wandering down the high street, I quite like not being yeah, you know, yeah. known and whatever it's quite embarrassing when people go you're, you're a bloke from City aren't you <laughs> and, and what do you say to that it's like yes <laughs> and people just stare at you like because I think because I'm because they might see my face but they don't it's not like I'm mega famous it's not like I'm a David Beckham or a do you know what I mean yeah. it's like they go I knew that bloke but I didn't know where I knew him from <laughs> where do I know him from and you catch them just staring at you like and they go who, who, is, who is that bloke like and, and I just feel like sort of turn around and go, I'm the bloke from Bristol City or from Bristol Bears. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it, that's it. Oh, God. But um, hey, look, there's, there's, there's worse things to be known for, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we've got a little would you rather oh, Okay, section. yeah, I like these, yeah. Good. Uh, would you rather have cats or dogs? Oh, so tough. I, we have dogs, but, but I've always said that I would like both. Um, but out of kinship with my Brooklyn and Bradley, I'll say dogs. Uh, would you rather visit 100 years in the past or 100 years in the future? Mm, it, too easy. 100 years in the past. I'm a big historian. So my second subject at uni when I was learning to be a PE teacher was history. Um, and living in a city like Bristol and the, the Brunellian history and the suspension yeah. bridge and all that kind of gig. So where was 100 years back? So it would be 1920. So 1920, yeah, like the, the flappers, the Charleston. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to live in those times. Uh, would you rather be super strong or super fast? If you ask my personal trainer, he would definitely say I'm built for, for strength rather than the speed. 
Um, I say I'm built for comfort rather than speed. I <laughs> definitely feel cuddly. But um, yeah, I think, yes, yeah, strength probably. I think I, I, I like the idea of being able to save people that are trapped under cars that you see in life. <laughs> like, that never happens in real life, but in films it happens all the time. So yeah, strength, I reckon. Would you rather be able to talk with all the animals or speak all foreign languages? Oh, animals, 100%. Well, because you, they look at me sometimes, and, they, and, you, and you go, "What? What do you want? <laughs> what are you? Why are you looking at me like that?" I'd love to know what animals are thinking, and uh, yeah, that'd definitely be a skill. Doctor Doolittle every every time. Yeah. Uh, would you rather it be hot all the time or cold all the time? Cold, hundred percent. I hate being hot. If you walk into my studio at Sam FM, it's like a fridge. Honestly, you could keep like fresh meat in there, or milk, <laughs> or whatever. It's absolutely freezing. I much prefer to be cold, because. You can sort of warm yourself up yeah. layer by layer if you, if you are cold, whereas if you're hot, you can't really yeah. take anything off. <laughs> or if you do, it's very unpleasant. Um, so, yeah, definitely cold. Um, yeah, that is actually it. Um, just want to say, like, thank you. Pleasure. For coming on. Um, uh, what was one last question? Like, where can like people like connect with you um, if they wanted to? I am at Downsy Official on everything. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook internet, wherever you want to go. Uh, and I would warmly welcome any, if anybody's got any questions or they you know, want any advice on how to unseat me from my media career, <laughs> <It's exactly laughs> how I see it, no, I'm uh, then yeah, it'd be good. And thank you very much for having me. Thank yeah, you. Thank you.